0: I'm excited that you are with me today in our daily Bible study time, and we're going to be talking again about the book of Daniel. Remember that the latter part of the book of Daniel is primarily prophecy, as God has given to Daniel what's going to take place in the future. And today I want to talk to you about some insights that, that Daniel was given by God from heaven that make a real difference. Let me read a few verses from chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding the message came to him in a vision, and uh, I'll just I'll, that's all I'll read for now. But I'll cover a lot of those verses. And if you are able to have your Bible open, it would be good for following along as I mention particular verses but what god did he opened up heaven and revealed to daniel some amazing and glorious insights daniel being a man of god was ready to receive the truth and he was open and obedient to that truth once he got it it's always us good for us to remember that God does not reveal his truth to the natural or the unbelieving man, but to the spiritually minded child of God, the one who really trusts God, the one who really walks with him. And that's exactly what happened to Daniel. The scripture tells us that it was the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that this message was revealed to Daniel, and it was a true message and one of great conflict, of a great conflict. This is a little bit of an overview of what this chapter And the next two following it are all about. The final three chapters have to do with a mighty revelation of prophecy given to Daniel. Chapter 10 is really a preparation for the truths that are revealed in chapters 11 and 12. Daniel says, I want you to know this message was true. The one that was given to me is true. Of course, we would know that it was true. It's in the word of God. But it's like we say when something is very startling and amazing and somebody might tend to have a question about it. We say, I want you to really know this is true, honest to goodness, truth. And that's what Daniel was saying. He was also saying it's a message of great conflict. It's a very difficult Hebrew passage to translate. Some translate it warfare, some translate it conflict. But the idea is that we're going to, as we understand that tonight, is that it's going to be a great spiritual conflict. The spiritual world is unknown to most people where there's warfare going on and our prayers have to do with that warfare, and we need to uh, realize that and be aware of it. And so let's look at some special insights. First of all, there's an the insight into Daniel himself, the man of prayer. In verses 1-4, we read that Daniel's uh, prayer concerning the returning the people from the Babylonian captivity to, back to Jerusalem and to Israel and for 70 years the, the, God had promised that they would be in captivity 70 years and then they could go back and, and Daniel's prayer is that God will do that and when Cyrus came on the throne he gave the decree and the command that the people could return to Jerusalem and some of them did return but Daniel stayed in Babylon and he was so concerned about him going back we wonder why he stayed It may have been because of his age. He was quite an elderly man at this time and probably was not physically able to make the trip, but he still had a high position in government. And I think the primary reason is because most of the people didn't go back, and he felt it was his responsibility to stay there and try to encourage them to take seriously the the task of getting back to the land, rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the wall, rebuilding the city, and, and getting Israel as a nation going again. The scripture says in verse 2, in those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor any meat, nor wine came to my mouth, and nor did I use any ointment at all until three weeks was completed. Daniel was fasting and praying. He was serious about talking to God. And during this time, he's not eating any delicacies, he's not eating any meat, He's not using any ointment. Ointment was something like a deodorant that they use on their body to keep their skin soft, to protect it from the sun, and they used it as a fragrance as well. And uh, he said, I'm not doing any of that. I'm really, really denying myself and seeking God with all my heart because as he fasted, of course, not having food, he could focus better. Now, Daniel's probably about 85 years old and has been on a 21-day fast for three weeks. And he said, I ate hardly anything. You see, a fast, you don't necessarily do without all food, you just do without some food. Or you can do without all food. Fast, there are many kinds of fast, and some where you do without all food, some where you do without some food. He was just eating uh, what was absolutely the bare necessities, because he had such a burden and he had such a concern. He had an attitude that really wanted to get hold of God. Now the question is, what was burdening him down so much? Why was he so bothered? I think the reason is pretty obvious if you understand the situation that's going on. He's, the 42,000 of the people have gone back to the land after the decree of Cyrus the king. They've gone back to Israel from Babylonian captivity. But the response was really disheartening. The people were prosperous and comfortable in Babylon. They were immersed in them, and they were involved in a world they'd come to love, and they greeted the decree of Cyrus to return with indifference and unconcern. Most of them were not even interested in going back. Most of them uh, didn't see much purpose in going back. Most of them were not really concerned about rebuilding the temple. They uh, they They were opposed and harassed by people in the local population around Jerusalem if they went back, and greeted with contempt and scorn and disfavor. And besides, it was a long trip. And besides that, it took them seven months just to clear the rubbish and the rubble off the temple area to find a level place on which they could restore the temple. It was really quite a mess back there, and it was a lot of work. And most people just weren't too, didn't have much of a heart for it, even though that's what God had said they should do. Now, Daniel was concerned that they were so indifferent to God's plan. And there was one thing that Daniel did not fully understand, and that was that the 70 years was not yet up for. He must have been calculating from the time he came. We know that it was the final deportation about 20 years after Daniel and his friends were brought to Babylon, from which the seven years was calculated by God. See, God had predicted through Jeremiah that they would be in captivity for 70 years. And from God's point of view, everything was moving right on schedule in spite of the indifference of the people. In spite of their half heartedness and compromise, God was doing exactly what he wanted to do, and things were going exactly as he wanted them to go. So as Daniel prayed, he got no answer. At least he didn't know it if there was an answer. God seemed to be rejecting his prayer. He, he got no recognition that God was hearing him. And so he kept on praying, and he kept on seeking God. And just because God delays his answer doesn't mean that that's a denial to our prayer because God works in different ways to bring to pass his purposes and will. You see, when we pray about something, we need to keep praying even if we don't get an immediate answer. And our faithfulness to pray and seek God is is an evidence that we really mean business with God. Plus, as we pray, it also helps us to refine what we're praying about we're going to pick that up tomorrow and talk more about it. So keep your prayers going. Don't give up. God bless you. Have a great day.